It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. We're here having another episode. It's like the seventh episode of the year or something like that. We're a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. And of course, I am VA and I'm here with just Jeff today. Howdy ho. <laughs> I mean, I didn't mean to make what? it sound like, oh, it's just Jeff. Anyway, mean... yes, uh, Nick, Nick, Nick has to work today and Tim has uh, other matters to attend to. <laughs> Much more important than hockey and yeah. more important than Tom Brady. I know. If you, I mean, he's you also can... he's also ha- handling that poorly, despite the fact that he was there for two seasons. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's sort of textbook things that Tim's kind of low key one of the more reactionary sports fans I've had dealings with. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> you don't say, Tim. Reactionary. <laughs> No, he is like perfectly calm in every situation. I don't know what you're talking about. Like he he is so serene. He just takes it like any other. He fan. totally doesn't want to like, blow up the team halfway through the first period of a rough, of a rough start of a game. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know. He he isn't already talking about how his football team is going to suck so bad next year. Again, like I don't know what he expected. They they they, they hired a mercenary to win them to win them a Super Bowl. He won them a Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Like that's a rare case where they hired a mercenary and it worked. He should be pumped. That methodology usually blows up in everyone's face. <laughs> I understand as a fan you want long-term things, but don't get the 42-year-old <laughs> I was going to say, they brought the 42 year old to do precisely what you bring in the 42 year old greatest of all time to do, and it worked. He should be pumped. <laughs> yes. Now he, he, yeah, yeah. And, and it didn't work out this year because, like, the football gods were just like, fuck it. Anything it's goes. Like, okay, you guys bought your Super Bowl, now, now fuck you. <laughs> right. I mean, but he should be happy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is out. I'd love that. That that was like so great for me. I'm like, woohoo! I yeah, did not expect the 49ers and to like, win that game. I, again, I'm not a football guy, but like, I'm, my understanding is that we're obligated to hate the Rams in all capacities. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've never heard anyone in any say anything positive about the Rams, but maybe that's just because I've never come across a Rams fan, and I also just don't care. <laughs> um, look. I'm not a big fan of teams that can't make up their mind where they want to be. Okay. And I understand that's not the team itself. That is like the ownership group. And there's a lot of problems with ownership groups. This is the Cronkies who bought it from Georgia LaFrontiere, uh, who inherited it from her husband in the eighties when he passed away. And then she decided to sell. And I think she has since passed on. So maybe it was a good idea. I mean, like, but, wasn't there a point in time where like Rush Limbaugh almost ended up in a leader in, a, in an ownership group for the Rams? I remember reading about this at some point, And like, even if that's a near miss, like that's unforgivable. <laughs> you know, it might be true, but I, I honestly don't remember that. I, I haven't paid that close attention to the Rams. Um, so. Uh, so what I can say is this, is that I'm not a big fan of teams that move around just because it's like, oh, I, 
we want a new studio, uh, a new stadium, and you're not going to give it to us, St. Louis. Of course, St. Louis isn't going to give it to you. Do you think they just have money flowing out of everywhere? No. So they went back to 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 uh, Southern California, who had promised them great big things. Because even though I know he's listed as the owner of that stadium, he probably put in a fraction, tiny fraction of what, uh, you know, what it cost to build that stadium billions of dollars but anyway look if you are um if you're rooting for the guy who like never got to the playoffs matthew stafford that's your guy right Mm -hmm. i can't root for matthew stafford because his wife is a crazy town banana pants so I understand she had a brain tumor. Uh, she had surgery. It was a benign brain tumor. She had surgery. And I can understand that things can get a little scrambled um, when that happens. But I just, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of her. I'm happy that he's finally gotten to a place where he, like his first year with the Rams, he's like, I'm going to the Super Bowl. That's a great story. But let me tell you about the Cincinnati Bengals. No one, I mean, no one would have been like, hey, the Bengals are going to make it to the Super Bowl. Nobody would have told you at the beginning of the season because the Bengals have been kind of this low-key laughing stock for years. I was going to say, I feel like they're kind of, you know, like high on the list of most forgettable teams in the NFL. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, so basically. They're up there with like the Chargers in terms of like, oh, yeah, them. <laughs> Yeah, except that, you know, they did a really good thing. In 2020, they used their number one overall pick to pick Joe Burrow. And I'm going to tell you, this kid's a winner. He's won the Heisman, which I know you look at that. and You're like, OK, big deal, because lots of people have won the Heisman and done bupkis, right? I was going to say, it's like in hockey, it's like, yeah, you can shrug off someone win the Hobie, the Hobie Baker. I mean, Jimmy Vasey won the Hobie Baker. Hobie Baker. <laughs> he won the national championship at LSU. Okay, pretty mm-hmm. big thing. He is an Ohio boy playing for an Ohio team, and if he wins the Super Bowl, which granted this is only his second year, and he's coming off of knee surgery, knee surgery, because in his, his you know freshman year there uh, with the Bengals, he tore up his knee he if he he will be the first player to ever win the heisman the national championship and the super bowl Hmm. there are plenty of players who have won the national championship in the super bowl i mean joe uh actually not plenty there's been two joe namath and joe montana have both won the national championship and the super bowl but neither one of those were uh heisman candidates I think we can all be glad about that. So anyway, I say this. You can root for whoever you want to, for whomever you want to, I should say. That's the proper grammar. I'm going in on the Bengals. I think that's really great. I wanted a 49ers-Bengals matchup because it's 40 years since they first matched up in the uh, the Super Bowl. That did not work because Jimmy G is (sighs) unfortunate. Uh, So, yeah, you know what? It's okay. So I don't really have a reason to root against the Rams. I just have a reason to root for the other team, if that makes any sense. I like this Joe guy. I like Joes who win. 
I need a new quarterback. I mean, I got Mac Jones, but you know, sometimes it's fun to just watch another quarterback. Why won't you stay in my ear? <sighs> this is why I taped them to my ears that one time. Because even with the smallest thing, they're just like, I don't want to be in your ear. I'm sitting still. And it's like, I don't want to be in your ear. I didn't want to take the big cans, you know? So anyway. Okay. So enough Super Bowl chatter. Poor Tim. If you have a kind word to to express towards Tim, please do so. Uh, at Tim A. Richardson on Twitter. Okay, so we are a, a, a Bruins podcast who just spent like the last five minutes talking about the Super Bowl. <laughs> Have we even mentioned the Bruins yet um, in any capacity? <laughs> Should we mention the Bruins? I mean, you did point out like it's been a lackluster couple of weeks for them. <laughs> yeah, like like they, they come off like, you know, like three straight incredibly solid weeks. And then just since our last recording have just been meh. Yep. Like I mean, they laid that fair. egg against they laid that egg against Anaheim. <laughs> I I had a feeling it was a trap game. I, I just had a feeling it was a trap game. Anaheim's a funny it, team. Like there's no reason that they should be any good at all, but they've been quite solid this year. Like they don't yeah, have a good roster. But like John Gibson suddenly remembered after several seasons of not being terribly John Gibson that he's oh actually John Gibson. Um that's a big part of this. <laughs> I think they have a couple of exciting things going on. They have Troy Terry, who is uh, has come out of nowhere to lead them in scoring. I was going to say, he's been in the, in the league for a while. He signed um, right after being one of the few NCAA guys in the 2018 uh, Winter Olympics, right? Along with, John, uh, along with Ryan Donato. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm just saying, out of nowhere, he's come and he's like scoring, like, Mad, so that's good. He's their top scorer. Well, like, and on top of that, of course, Trevor Zegras is an absolute, it is absolute fire to watch. Um, yeah, Sonny Milano, after you know over half a decade of futility trying to break the league, seems to finally have figured it out. Ryan gets left having a recurgent a resurgent season. Tons of credit to this Ducks team. They're still on paper a pretty bad roster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Dallas Akins is getting a different shot at, at coaching because his first shot with the Oilers was bad. Well, that, I don't... that's sort of tainted his, his, his reputation, right? Because when he was first hired by the Oilers, he was considered one of the best coaches outside of the NHL. And then he got Oilered. Well, yeah, he got sacked with a team that just didn't want to perform. You know, and Taylor Hall was part of that team and, and had a reputation because of that, too. Which is really unfair. Again, Taylor Hall, a lot of what happened to him is he got oilered. <laughs> right. Like, clearly, the franchise is cursed. Like, there's no two ways about it. <laughs> uh, Akins and Ferens went in there with the greatest intentions to just whip that team into shape, and it just didn't happen. So, so anyway, I'm glad he's getting a different shot, uh, a, a new shot at it. It seems to be working out pretty well. They're taking their time with building this team, and they're not just firing him. So, Good. He was out, of course, because of COVID, because, like, everybody's still getting COVID. But anyway, uh, yeah, that that <laughs> that Ducks game, terrible. I don't even remember the specifics on it, except, like, um, didn't we, they go up, like, 4 nothing, and the the Bruins were like, um, I guess this is okay. <laughs> and, like, like, Nick Foligno broke himself in a fight. Oh, that's right. 
We, I didn't even remember the Bruins actually scoring anything in this game. So that's something. Apparently they did it three times. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like five uh, three. That's something like you know what passes for fire wagon these days. So it's a uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you know it was too little, too late. I mean, they had lost that game pretty handily by then. You can't let a, a team go up on on you like that, you know, and expect. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't awful. Like they went up two. They, they went up by two, and then Pasta scored, but then fairly quickly turn around gets left but then hall so they they held it together okay until the third and then the world fell apart (laughs) this team is not it's not a team that it can allow somebody to go to up on them before responding you know no they're they're not a this isn't a terribly mentally strong team yeah so this team is not mentally strong and hi tuka and that is not great not great at all. What really surprised me was the, the Colorado game. There's a few things to talk about there, isn't there? I mean, like, obviously, I didn't watch it because that game started at, like, 3 in the morning for me. By 3 in the morning, I mean 11 o'clock at night. But anyway. <laughs> I had no intention of watching that game. But then we turned it on. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, first of all, my, my overall commentary on the game is that I was pleasantly surprised by the Bruins. The Bruins showed up to play, um, which is better than I've ever seen them play against the Avs in years. Okay? Um, so yeah, that even was great. bad Avs teams, they've had rough times against. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I think that this team probably said this is going to be a loss. You know, this is like a scheduled loss, except the team was like, fuck it, we're playing. You know, you can't tell us we're losing. And then, you know, they played pretty well until the third quarter. I mean, third quarter. Well, yeah, they played well until the third quarter because the third quarter doesn't exist. They played well until the third period. Um, You know, I mean, the the wheels just came off, right? And and, and not until over halfway through, too. Yeah, they. I think they were just gassed. Um, They, you know, the Avs decided we're coming back and there's nothing you can do to stop us. And the Bruins were like, okay, <laughs> I mean the fact that they held on until three minutes into overtime. <laughs> uh yeah. I mean, I mean they came really close to still winning in regulation. Like that Landeskog goal was only with forty-seven seconds left in the left in the game. You can't take a penalty into overtime. You know, in in overtime or into overtime, and expect that you're not going to get scored on. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just the absolute truth. You know, uh, I, the the Bruins played very well in that game. Of course, you know they lost uh, Nathan McKinnon early uh, when he. I'm not even going to say that that Paul really even hit him. He he kind of did. I mean, they they collided is probably the better way to put. I would say collided is the the perfect way to say it. So they they collided, and then. You know, Nathan McKinnon had the unfortunate stick infraction against himself. <laughs> and then, like, like the Wavs were real fucking babies about it. Oh, yeah. Landis Gog wanted to continue to fight. And, and you know, it's like, uh, you know, and Hall's like, no, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I don't feel like I need to correct this. I feel like that is justified 
totally justified. I mean, I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, the dirty hit that Bricks Orpic put on Louis Erickson. I'm not going to go into the whole incident, you know, but when he refused to throw down, it was like, no, you did a dirty hit. You should pay. But th- in this case, Hall didn't do a dirty hit. He just, they just collided. So, you know, like I said, it's unfortunate that Nathan McKinnon just got injured and it looked really bad. There's a lot of blood, you know, because facial injuries, there's going to be a lot of blood. But it seems like he might have, like, given himself a concussion when he hit the ice. Oh, yeah, when he hit the ice, that was bad. Yeah. Um, that's what it – because I was, like, sitting in there, I'm like, this, the hit wasn't that hard, but he hit the ice hard. So, yeah, that was just – it was gruesome. I don't like that that happened. But I also didn't feel like everybody needed to uh, pay, especially Taylor Hall in this instance. So Colorado scored first, but the Bruins came back in the second so hard. It was so great. I, yeah, I had Frusk and then Coyle and then Marshy. Like it was, it was, it was clean, well executed period. And then the third happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the fact that they kept the abs to one in the first, I think, is a really good thing. Because the abs can score. They can really get on you. So Kadri, <laughs> their leading scorer, did factor into the game, not with a goal, but with assists, key assists. So, uh, all right. Well, the fact that the Bruins held it together and got a point. Can we look at this? One point. How many, how many points have they gotten from Colorado in years? I don't even know. And, like, that's sort of a big thing is the Bruins haven't been getting a lot of loser points this season at all, right? No. Like, that was one of their problems early on is they were losing. It's when they lost, they were losing clean. (laughs) And when they would go to overtime, they'd win. Yeah. So, well, you know what? I think a point against the Avs at at Colorado is it's a win. I mean, it's not a win, but it's, like, it's better than no points. So, but, of course, they followed it up by a really oh – God. It was not a good game against uh, against the Coyotes, you know? And I got to tell you, that Coyotes arena was fucking sad. <laughs> I mean, they they probably couldn't even sell out the, um, the ASU arena in Tempe, which is 5,000. It was it was very sad, sparse attendance. I don't blame them. This team is incredibly in flux, and um, and the owners are are clowns. They escaped with a win, but uh, the Bruins barely barely won that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't really want to go into great depth about it. It was. If you were like, hey, I got tickets to this game on a Friday night, I feel bad. I feel bad for you for that. I was going to say, like, fortunately, it was a Friday night, but like, it's nine. There was a 9 p.m. Eastern start. Like, staying up for that game, even on a Friday, it's just not fucking fair. <laughs> I know they won, but just, uh. <laughs> yeah. Like, League, just euthanize this fucking team, move them to Houston, and call it a day. If no other reason, then it'll stop idiots talking about Quebec City, which is never going to fucking happen, as I've talked about tons of times in this space. <laughs> I feel like once you've, you've lost a team, you shouldn't be getting another team back. That's just my way of thinking about it. Which explains how I feel about the whole L.A. 
getting two football teams bullshit. I'm not going to go into that anymore because not today anyway, because I am not uh, talking about football anymore today. Okay. So then Dallas. <laughs> um, I turned it off in the second period when it was still the, the Bruins were um, losing like two nothing. Because you know why? I just knew that the Bruins did not have it. They they didn't have it. I mean, they gave up goals to two goals to Tyler Sagan, a goal to Alex Radulov, and a goal to Jamie Benn. All three of these players have been hot fucking garbage this season. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the only goal support you got was in the third in garbage time because at that point you were losing. It was like six. There's only there's less than six minutes left in the. You're only about six minutes into the period and then just. Okay, cool. Craig Smith scored a goal. Yay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, look, if you're going to play um, really hard to watch joyless hockey and you don't look like you want to be there, I don't want to watch it either. I mean, I I am all for watching a, a game and just like trying to enjoy it. But man, that was just bad. So, yeah, so uh, it they didn't. <laughs> Linus Ulmark was still in the game when I turned it off. And of course, now here's where it gets interesting. Jeremy Swayman had been called up uh, because Groznick, Terry, is that his name? Troy. Troy. Troy, Troy Groznick had backed up uh, Ulmark in Arizona because Tuca has a mysterious L- LBI, which is fine, I-, I guess. Like, get better, Tuca. But, you know, it wasn't great. Ulmark got chased and then, you know, basically Swayman had to take the brunt of the rest of the game. So, I mean, I'm glad to see Swayman back. And I'll tell you why in a little while. But I, I just, ugh, God, that game was bad. I mean, you beat them in the first game of the season. And then you just let them beat you so crappily this time. It was just, why do we want to watch that? Now, you can't have any of this discussion over the the Rask situation, right? This is an important throughput through this two weeks here. The combination of when he's been played, he has been absolute garbage. And while I'm inclined to defend him, because, like, again, he's bad in October, and this is his October, at the same time, it's like this is, this has been rough. And on top of that, he tweaked his knee. He tweaked his hip. Um, it was a late, late scratch against Arizona. I don't get why the team rushed to sign him. When he couldn't do his PTO, they should have just held off another week or two gotten him his PTO reps or signed him and sent him on a conditioning stint. Possibly both. Was there some kind of deadline they had to meet to sign him? No, no, nothing of the sort. Doesn't, he didn't play anywhere. So there's no, there's no waivers. He doesn't. And the only deadline for, and to be honest, there is actually no deadline at all for signing a player. Player just has to be signed by the trade deadline to be eligible to play in the playoffs. Ah, okay. The example would be, would be the late signing of Marty Turco in 2012 when Rask got injured, or Rask and Hudobin got injured, so they needed to scramble to finish out the, the regular season with a uh, backup for uh, for Tim Thomas. So they signed Marty Turco and his spectacular Velveeta pads. <laughs> <laughs> Velveeta saves. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of that as like, I, 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 this is, this is before my time, but I do, 
I, I know about the pads. I do know about the Velveeta saves. Is the Velveeta saves like the Jesus saves? Or is it like, no, Velveeta saves, you know, like, look at that, that stack of Velveeta on top of sta uh, a stack of uh, Velveeta. It's, it's mostly that. The Velveeta itself is just doing the saving. Oh, and okay. Marty Tuka was Marty Tuka wasn't good for Boston. wasn't good. He was signed to be a backup. He did the thing. I remember there was a brief moment of concerns like, well, someone could claim him on waivers, even though he wouldn't be able to play for them at all. It would be just to fuck over the Bruins. It didn't happen because teams don't actually do the shit. Then you got to use a fucking roster spot. <laughs> And always the, the Bruins conspiracy theories. Oh, this per uh, this team's got to do this to fuck over Boston. It's hilarious. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if you're the Habs where you have no, where there's no stake and the Bruins sign Krejci, like, I could totally see why you would want to do that. Just like, you know what? Let's, uh, let's, let's cause some fucking chaos. There's no skin off our, our back. <laughs> it's not like we need that roster spot for an actual player. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. But it's the Habs. That's a different thing. But, you know, all these other teams that are out to get the Bruins. Oh, my God. It's so funny. Um, oh, and remember, do you remember when the Fenway group bought the Penguins and it was guaranteed that Sidney Crosby was going to the Bruins because... Well, that's just because, you know, Hags is a semi-literate fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff out there saying the stuff that... You want to say. <laughs> um, it was the dumbest thing I think I'd heard. <laughs> but anyway, getting back to Tuca. Look, I love Tuca. And it was too soon to sign him. And I don't understand why they didn't do the rehab stint. It was not like there was some, like, was Tuca going to vanish into thin air? Or is he going to just go poof? Like, yeah. I, I, they, is Tuca they... a Pokemon? Oh my God! You had to throw the ball and get him. Did you have to throw some Bud Light at him and then throw your Pokeball to catch him? And if you didn't throw the right combination of the right Pokeball and the right amount of Bud Light, he would just vanish. Is that what happened? Oh my God! Tuca is like a rare Pokemon. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, I love how how Tuca, your Tuca, has a question mark tail when I said that. I'm sure she was totally focused on what you were saying rather than trying to force her way into my lap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, she loves you. So anyway, I, that's, that's it. That I got it. I, I figured it out. I think you should like commend me on, on figuring this out. Why do I have to always like pat myself on the back for a good job? Huh? <laughs> Jeff is not buying my Tuca Pokemon theory, but if you do tell me about it, Tell me all about it. Congratulate me on that. Yeah, I just don't understand why they needed to rush. Like, it's... I am reasonably confident Tuka will come around, but, like, it's grim, and, like, you, you know he needs reps. Why didn't you... I, I just don't get it. Yep, that was, uh... That was dumb. Just dumb, dumb, dumb. Okay. You know what? I know nothing about Tuca. We don't know anything about a timeline, I don't think. So, I mean, I can look at Cap Friendly, and I think it just said unknown. Why do you think I want to look up Boston Buckburger? Who even is that? Okay, so let's see. Day-to-day -day is what his official designation is, but we have not heard anything in a good week or so, really. So...
Jeremy Swayman is up now. And um, and that's fine. Uh, I I actually went to the game on, on Tuesday. So I was very happy to see, after the victory, the big hug. And now they, they broadcast it on the, the Jumbotron, and it's all really fantastic and good, and I love seeing that. So that kid is a joy, and I do not want them to ruin him. So and do not talk about trading him, stupid people. Honestly, like if you're a Boston media person, when you do a mailbag, I don't know how I, any of them are not just like screaming at the top of the long stop, asking me questions about trading Omarki semi-literate fuckwads. <laughs> like every single mailbag that anyone does, it's all the questions they get. <laughs> no move clause. In order to trade him, you have to get him to drop that. And there's no way he's doing that. Like the last one that Fluto did, you could almost you could almost feel him like like the rage. You can almost feel on the page the rage the the rage rising in him. It's like he wants to strangle these people. Well, do you blame him? Because they're it's dumb. You know the thing is is like I've explained to a couple of people before. He has no move clause now, and then in two years he has a modified no trade clause that 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 kicks in, and then it you know. It alters again for the next year. But no matter how you shake it, he has a no move clause and then a no trade clause. So he's not going anywhere unless he willingly waives it. Also, the bottom line is he has been the Bruins' best goalie this year. <sighs> End sentence. <laughs> yeah. And that's with the built in, like, I, I must allow two goals per every game. At least two goals for every game. Clause he's still running contract. at nine thirteen. That's not a spectacular save percentage on the season, but like also that accounts for like October and November, which <laughs> like nine thirteen. I think isn't that just like where like, that's like that's where your goalie should be, and if they're better than that, that's fantastic. They're really good, but you shouldn't be below that. Is what I'm saying. So yeah, average. He's average. If you do the breakdowns, though, like his numbers since the beginning of December have actually been very good. What happened then? I was going to say, um, you know, huh? Rask sneaking up behind him with a grim look on his face and a knife in hand is what happened. <laughs> now that did not work out for us. No, Rask tripped, or, tripped and stabbed himself in the chest with said knife. But. <laughs> yeah, Rask showed up behind him and said, oh, I'll be your e-bug. By the way, he whispered in his ear. When I become your backup, or you become my backup, there will be no more hugs. Yeah. Okay. So Eric Howla, Tim's favorite guy, had COVID. I mean, I can understand why Tim's very upset this week. Howla, COVID. I mean, he only likes Howla because it's fun to say. Um. Well, yeah, and lends itself and lends itself to all sorts of puns. Let's 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 really address what makes Tim tick. What ticks Tim's clock here? <laughs> I don't think that we needed to like see behind the veil on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pun ready name. That's why. That's why Tim likes Tim. Well, I I love it when uh, Brick used to say Howla, right? Um, and then Brick starts calling him Holler. Holler. <laughs> Holler. <laughs> it's Howla. 
because Finnish names don't work like that. Anyway, uh, so he's got COVID. And um, so uh, so it's been really interesting. Wait a minute. How long has he had COVID? He got it January 30th. So, oh, that was just before. Oh, I think that was just before the, the Dallas game, wasn't it? Yes. Ah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, Frederick's been injured all this time. So they were, they were slightly strapped for centers. I mean, honestly, Doshik moved up to the second line. has been decisively competent. Yeah, but it's not ideal and you don't want to keep doing that. But I mean, honestly, what we saw in the Seattle game, Noshik had an objectively awesome game against Seattle. But what that showed us is like, Howla isn't dragging Halsternock down, but well, apparently neither was Noshik. Again, circles back to get a 2C. And I want to strangle everyone I see on the internet, regardless of how knowledgeable this individual is saying the Bros need a left defenseman. No! This is one of the stingiest fucking teams in the league. What is your fucking problem? People are so fucking brain damaged here that they all they can they, they can only focus on the big mistake bias, which is the reason a lot of people hated Tory Krug. It's like, yeah, this is a very active defense defense for the most part. So when the puck gets behind him, it's game fucking over, and the goalies haven't been good enough to good enough to uh, haven't generally been good enough to um to protect against that. I think people get reactionary because there have been a couple games in the couple weeks that were like 7-2 or 6-1. So when we let in a lot of goals, they're just like, we need a defenseman. And I'm like, no, we we need the team to just play defense better. The bottom line is this team doesn't have the assets nor the cap space to be able to fill two, two big holes like that. Again, I don't really buy that, that defense is that, that left defense as a whole. Riley should have been better this season. Yeah, but like, let's face it, Forbort, um, as far as I'm concerned, has far exceeded expectations. I'm on board for you getting Pavelski because I don't think that Dallas is not going to sell off some stuff, right? Again, any of the, any of the four candidates I'm all for, I'm all in favor of, whether it's Pavelski or Giroux or Hurdle or JT Miller. This team is, is on the brink of the collapse shoot the Sweeney needs to shoot the moon. Anything else is, 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 is failing. And again, I don't really get focus so much on left D when the real problem is the three right D. Cliffy ain't it. And honestly, a stronger third right D would probably be a big help for Carlo. Who's had a rough fucking season. <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday, they, uh, Tuesday, night against the Kraken, it was Hockey is for Everyone night, which is kind of they're wrapped in uh, pride slash, you know, all-inclusive event, which is fine. Yeah, it's great. Um, and uh, they had several Bruins players, you know, talking about Hockey is for Everyone and stuff. And Carlo looked like he got punched in the eye by a baby to both eyes. He just looked. And I, I just turned to, to Ben, who's laughing, and I said, Looks like he could use like some cucumbers on his eyes or something, because <laughs> he looked very bad. I'm not. I'm not blaming uh, blaming it all on Baby Ren. It's been a tough season for everybody. He, he's gotten COVID. He's got a new baby. There's probably other stuff going on. It's just a hard year, and I feel bad for. Him. I hate it when a player signs a contract and then they they have a rough year. 
And mm-hmm. that didn't seem to be typical for him to, to be like that. So I hopefully he gets out of this rough patch at some point. But, um, you know, it, it could be a matter of he's just playing too many minutes. You know, because he, he has had to play a lot of penalty minutes because his team is stupid. Or the refs are stupid because it seems like sometimes... I mean, the answer to that's just yes. Um <laughs> this team takes a lot of stupid penalties, but also gets a lot of really flimsy calls against them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was just sitting there. Uh, what was it? Was it the game against Seattle? And I was just like, so only the Bruins get called. Okay, that's fun. <laughs> so, yeah, I for- <laughs> I went to the game to see the, the Kraken play. Um, I admit I've not been following them super closely, but they've not been doing very well this year. Uh, they did not have the, you know, the lightning in the bottle that the, uh, the uh, Golden well, Knights Well, I mean, had. it's not even a lightning in the bottle thing. It's they just made very strange fucking choices. I I've read some things that have suggested that um, that Francis is building for the long haul and not the short term. But but then then, then there should have been a, a whole a whole whack of um uh, of side deals or selling off excess play or, or or trading players he drafted right after, and there wasn't any of that. But but look, anyway, like if he was he didn't things that what, what what Francis did didn't make any sense from a standpoint of building for the long haul either. Didn't take a lot of players that are UFAs this coming summer. Didn't try to sell off a pile of guys immediately after after drafting them, which like Vegas did. You know they they, they turned around and immediately flipped Emelin and uh, and and, and, and uh, Mark Method and uh, my and, and uh, my Trevor Van Riemsdyk among others like right away. Seattle did none of these things. They flipped Pitlick and Vanacek. So they got a couple of like thirds. And they didn't do side. So like even that just, I mean, like I understand that's that's allegedly the story here, but it doesn't check out because his moves don't indicate that. He could have been bad, deliberately bad this year and been able to get a ton of assets, but he doesn't even have anything he can sell at the deadline except Mark Giordano. Who's their captain? That's going to be sad. I mean, you know, he was captain of the Flames when they exposed him in in expansion too. So, like, this I think that's called Tuesday for him now. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I was excited to see on Tuesday night. One, I was sad that Jamie Oleksiak was not playing. So, you know, I love me a tall guy in defense. But the Flurry Brothers, the Flurry Brothers were on pairs at times. I was so excited. It was like, brothers! <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, you got to take your, your uh, enjoyment where you can. And like that, that Lausanne four-board fight was all kinds of two Spider-Men meme. <laughs> you know, four-board, for whoever he is, he's not a fighter. No, no, Lausanne put him on his back right away. <laughs> and Lausanne actually won one. <laughs> I mean, I think it was the fight we all expected, right? <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is like breathe in Lozon's direction. He's gonna fight you. He's gonna fight you. And like, honestly, I didn't realize this, but like, based on like uh, Sweeney's post game comments, Sweeney absolutely is fucking in love with Jeremy Lozon. <laughs> so why didn't like, you trade for him back? Not Sweeney. Sorry, um, Cassidy. Oh, okay. <sighs> well. Didn't he have him down in Providence for a while? Would they have actually overlapped? I don't know. 
25th. No, Lausanne still would have been in the queue. Because, of, because yeah, because Sweeney got promoted in Lausanne's draft plus two year, at which point he still would have been in the queue. So he might have gotten a couple. He might have gotten a couple, like you know, um, ATO games, like the previous season at the end. But I don't think so. Well, I'm still surprised that Seattle picked Lausanne in a way. I, you know, I mean, I guess maybe if Clifton had had a better year, he would have been picked. But I mean, Clifton was coming off the hot hand in the playoffs, though. So yeah, I was a bit surprised as well. Plus the right D premium, the right D premium, and an extra year of cost certainty. Lausanne's cheaper now, but will be more will be will be more expensive next season because he's an RFA this year, whereas Clifton's got another year but then he goes UFA. Yep. And we'll all be counting that down. Anyway, based on what I saw that um uh, uh Ty Anderson seems to think he seems to think that based on, on Cassidy's comments, it's like okay, maybe it's actually pretty likely that Boston would, you know, reacquire Lausanne, which I'm like, you know, Lausanne's demonstrated these, these uh, – did they actually play Lausanne on the right side at all last year? I think they must have. I think they did. He'd probably be a cheap option if you wanted to upgrade that third right D. He wouldn't be my first choice. I would go for, like, Mark Pissick out of uh, out of Buffalo. But assuming Kevin Adams is willing to trade with Boston anymore after the, after the Hall trade. <laughs> You swindled me. No, you readily swindled. Get, get, <laughs> you swindled <laughs> me. No, you readily gave this up to me. It's not my fault. Okay. <laughs> it's oh like, my sure, God. Maybe Hall tied your hands. You did, you could have just not traded him if this was if you were unhappy with this return. But like, do you ever picture Kevin Adams as looking like Kevin from The Office? <laughs> because he acts a lot like him. <laughs> you could just totally imagine like Kevin Adams coming in. I made all of this chili and then he just drops it all over the carpeting. <laughs> womp womp. Anyway, that's Seattle game. So yeah, it was it was like watching paint dry. Um fucking poor Urho. Oh yeah. Oh my like, god. In, like not just the specifically that hit, but like in general. This keeps happening to him. Like he'd only finally put it back together after getting wiped up by Borrow Whiskey a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I I know it, he did not need to have his clock rung again like that. And and the fact that they were calling nothing on it originally. Well, that's why. Like, okay, they called the five, which is great. But the fact that they called that five late and then all five are automatically reviewed it's like they did this specifically to ensure they'd give him a second to give him to give a two-minute minor but like okay but that looked like textbook boarding and probably a charge to me anyway yep yep and uh you know here's the thing they never made gourd really pay for that because i was just like you know what it's fine if he doesn't want to fight you just make his life a living hell on the ice and they didn't even do that this team I don't want to say like, oh, this team lacks toughness, but they kind of do. Well, so like when it happened, I understand them giving him space because that ups the chance of getting favorable, favorable penalty situation. But then they didn't. And like, you know, Lazar did do the right thing and fought him later. Yeah. Like I, I, I can't really criticize how the team handled that. The refs were fucking the, the, the refs. That was pathetic. Again, I think it, I mean, it was clearly boarding, and I think it was a charge. But charging is 
really hard to, even though it has explicit definition, is actually a really hard penalty to judge, and I understand that. <laughs> it's three deliberate strides, which should just be a counting matter, but like deliberate's a very fuzzy word. <laughs> I think the only time I've ever seen charging really called is like it's out in the open ice. Yeah. Because it's very apparent, it's very clear. I don't know why it's not as clear against the boards, but it is like out in the open ice. So, so yeah, Urho, that was a huge loss. So the team's already like down, you know, a defenseman and putting a lot of minutes on other guys that don't need more minutes. The worst part I think for me was having to watch the team in the third period, just be like, well, you know, we're just stuck in our zone. What can we do? And it's like, you can get out of it. You know, Pasta is like not taking the, the puck out of the zone. He just kind of passes around. I'm like, get out. We would clap. We would clap when they made it to the, the, the neutral zone. And the, the like one second they made it into the other zone. And it's like, you, you can't win a game if you can't get out of your zone. If you persist on letting them just, you know, do whatever they want. I will comment. Jack did some pretty serious whistling past a graveyard on the matter of Donskoy. Because in the first, he was commenting on how Donskoy, who'd averaged, you know, was a pretty good goal scorer in all previous seasons to this year, being goalless until this game, and at which point he gets that unassisted goal 42 seconds into the third. My first thought's like, Jack, you did this. Fuck you, Jack. Every time when I'm at home, Jack says some little stat, something like that. And I'm like, shut up. Shut it. You don't need to say that. Come on. Oh, my God. Why? It, that, this is why I, you know, this is why I don't like listening to announcers anymore. I don't want to hear what you're saying. I, mm -hmm. Because you're you're trying to fill in some supposedly interesting commentary on the game. And it, it usually just comes back to bite us in the ass or it's some commentary on the other team that I don't want to hear because you're not saying anything good about my team. So fuck you. I, I'm very done with Jack Edwards at this point. And again, I've have a record on this podcast of defending him at length because yeah, being a homer, whatever, that's literally his job. And anyone that says otherwise doesn't seem to understand the concept of a home broadcast. He's just not good at it though. His play-by-play -play is awful. It turns out when Jack is seeing the exact same thing that we're seeing at home, he's very he's bad. Got nothing. Yeah. Very, oh God, he's so bad on these on, on these road games. But honestly, it's but he, which means he's rusty, which means he's not good at home games either. He's better, but not even up to his own standard. You don't have to stay in broadcasting for the rest of your life, Jack. There are other things that you can do, I'm sure. <laughs> But, like, honestly, like, and Nesson needs to move on from Jack Edwards. I wish that we had an option to just not listen to the commentators and just hear the rink ambiance. Because I prefer that. I, I kind of like watching the game and, and thinking about it myself, not being told what to look at, you know? And, yeah, another thing about Jack is, like, he, he takes plays off. You know, and I'm just like, oh, I'm yeah, not used to, to him doing that. Silence for like a minute at a time. Or like ramble incoherently as the play moves on and like important things will be happening. And he'll be talking about God knows what. <laughs> I still like Brick, but I'm, I'm done with, with Jack. I have been for a while. 
It's okay. And if Nesson is continuing to think like, well, you know, maybe from now on we just won't send our guys out to games. I'm like, that would be a mistake. That would be a mistake. You, you know, I can understand right now. Don't send people out on the road. You want to, you know, not have COVID problems and whatnot. I get it. I get it. But this is, if you're thinking about doing it beyond this year, you know, that's not a good strategy. It's just not. Uh, all right. So, yeah, the Bruins, they won this game. And, you know, thanks to David Posternock, uh, who basically. Three-point night. Yeah. 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 I was hoping. Oh, man, I was hoping for a hat trick. But it was not happening. So. Um, but, you know, you had Posternock and Hall doing all the scoring. So it's really great to see, like, that second line doing something. But I'm really And that's, worried. again, with Thomas Noshik between them. Who, again, it's been just, like, such a delightful signing. I mean, of course, the the last one was a power play, so it wasn't even Hall. It was uh, pos- uh It was a. Uh, it was the old top line, Marshy, Bergie, and uh, Pasta. I cannot believe that Marshy is able to play right now. I, I just. After- I mean, they showed some of the clips after that after that shoulder injury, and like, I'm shocked. Like, 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 cause like during the game, that broadcast, they showed it again. I'm just like, how does he, how did he not miss any time? Like they show him on the bench, like trying to stand up to cheer. And it's just like, eh. <laughs> maybe they just need it. Maybe it was like dislocated and they just like, you know, and then he was fine. It probably hurts, but he's fine. I don't know. I just don't understand it, but it's like, I'm glad that he has this time off because basically he's, he, he gets a week off. Right. Like, like, don't get me wrong. The league is making an objective mistake not bringing him to the uh, bringing him to the All Star game. He is one of the true all situations, including off ice, entertaining, personable NHLers that the league even has. Like, I get a lot of hockey fans hate him, but like, if you want to market the sport, this is the guy. This is one of the guys you got to do for it because he's a because he's a rolling riot. <laughs> He got a, a stick to his nose in that one uh, all-star game. And he was like sitting there like doing the whole miming the like, is there blood? Is there blood? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Should I get a double minor? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Marshy. I'm, I'm sad he's not there, but I'm also happy that he can just rest because we we need him. Oh, boy, we need him. So, oh, um. I was thinking that uh, uh, that Patrice was the oldest guy uh, there, but no, Pavelski's older. Yeah, same same draft, but Pavelski's a late '84 rather than a mid '85. Yeah, because Pavelski was one of the older players in that '03 draft class. <laughs> so I did not see any of the skills competition last night because I just simply couldn't find a way to watch it. I I didn't because I just didn't care. Like nothing about the uh, about, about the All Star game interests me interests me in any capacity. Well, first of all, they don't have dog hockey, so no dog hockey. They don't have the play. They they don't have the um uh, the, the, the the shirts and skins draft anymore, which was like the last time there was something at this watchable to me. Right, right. Um, you know, there's no excuse to not have a dog hockey because like every team except the Bruins has a dog. So have your dogs go out there and run around and play. That's all I want to see. That's all I want to see. Literally, anytime. Just put dogs on the ice. Let them play with whatever. Do No rules. Just let them do whatever. It's fine. I love it. Let's do it. But they don't do that. So, 
look. I like to watch the skills things because I think that sometimes the players really have fun, you know, because it's like, oh, look at this. I get to, to show off some skills that I don't necessarily get to show off all the time. Oh, and there's been some good ones like when like Johnny like like a few years ago when like Johnny Gaudreau like lit a stick on fire and stuff like that. It's like, okay, I can appreciate this stuff. And then they got rid of the breakaway challenge for a while because of that. And that sucked. And it's like, no, we yeah. like you should let the players have creativity and if they light their stick on fire, they light their stick on fire. Okay? It's not like they're <laughs> it's not like they're bombing the place. Come on. <laughs> It's not like there's a, 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 a there's a smoke detector over on the ninth floor that's going to detect that. No. <laughs> Although if that happened in my house, it would totally happen that way. But anyway, um, I don't have nine floors. But I, I just I, I wanted to see some of it, and I just did not get a chance to do that last night. So it's okay. I will live. Maybe I'll find some way to see some of it. Um, and as for the game today, I'm like. Uh, I don't think I'm going to watch that, but maybe who knows? I mean, honestly, I don't even, I don't even like three on three in overtime. I only appreciate it because it, you know, reduces the number of shootouts, but like, I'm just like, this is, this is still just a gimmick. Fine is a gimmick. I mean, if you think about it, these all-star things are really for the kids. Well, yeah, my, my, my point there is like, I don't even like this format when it's an actual, when it's taking place in actual gameplay. So, <laughs> Oh, you don't like three and three overtime? Again, I only like it because it reduces the number of uh, of shootouts. I kind of it's not hot. It. It's it's not it's not. You're still deciding game in something that's outside of a normal play situation. It's better than the shootout. Yes, doesn't mean it's good. I know that uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, people have been talking. I, I know I'm talking about football again, but. Th- They've been talking about the format, the overtime format um, in football. Uh, And I'm just like, you know what, guys? Fuck you. I remember when it used to be just sudden death. And you know what? I actually like sudden death. I don't like this both sides have to have the ball bullshit. You win the coin toss. Luck is on your side. You score first. You win. Doesn't matter what you score. Field goal, touchdown, whatever. You win. Um, so it's like, just suck it up and just move on. And and I, I, I like having overtime that is sudden death. I don't, I, I like the three on three. It's like a little, it's a little cleaner. You know, um, your attention is brought to what's really going on. So uh, look, I like it. You don't like it. It's fine. Whatever. But I, I like sudden death uh, formats. I don't really like the shootout. I just want the shootout to go away. But, you know, it's okay. I think we've basically gone through, like, injuries. I mean, Nick Foligno has... Is it a UBI? Yeah. And, like, Frederick's just... Uh, like, honestly, the longer Frederick's injured, the better. Because I just don't have any particular interest in seeing him back on the ice right now. He is... There is no healthy configuration where he is in the top 12 on this team, regardless of what you're trying to get out of that, that roster spot. So if he's injured, it just simplifies things. <laughs> and by the time they're done out the other side of this, hell, it'll be off protocol. So. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess 
we haven't had a, uh, we only really had a week's worth of activity to talk about. Well, as I said, they were this bad over a stretch where they had a relatively light schedule compared to what it had been. <laughs> Thank goodness the schedule's going to get really rough in in, uh, in March, huh? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, the February makeup's, like, rigorous, but not awful. March, March is bad. March is, oh, God, March is bad. I mean, like, it's not awful, awful. There's only... Is that one or two back to backs? I gotta. It's only two back to backs in March, February twenty eighth, March first, and then the fifteenth, sixteenth. But still, <laughs> when you have a really packed schedule, every day feels like uh, a back to back. And I just wanted to point honestly, out- like I'd almost rather a back to back and then a couple of days and then a gap rather than like a long stretch of every other day. Yeah, I'm not excited about possibly watching. Again, I'm talking just strictly as a stamina as a viewer. But again, like, I'm the one that doesn't understand how there's people that follow multiple sports. Like, I just wouldn't have the energy for it. <laughs> I, it you know what? It's tough. It's tough in the fall to to do that. When football just starts up like a month before hockey starts up. Like, I don't know how Tim does it, because he's got a stretch there in, 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 in October where he's got four sports to watch. It's hard keeping up with two hockey teams. And I'm not even talking in the same league. It's like, uh, you know, keeping up with the Pride and keeping up with the, the Bruins, even though the Pride only play on weekends. It's a lot. But, uh, you know, I, what what ends up happening is I used to have sole focus on football. I was like football mad and crazy and I used to know everything. And now I don't know everything, um, but I know a lot of stuff. And But I don't fully pay attention to, to the NFL like I used to. And I pay a lot more attention to hockey and sometimes I like bang my head against the wall like why did I do that because you know it's it's a huge schedule and and it just there's times where it's like a lot happening and then not a lot happening and it's just it's frustrating so I don't know I guess some of us are masochists more so than others you know I I just I can't devote that much brain power though that Tim does to to all sports because I just I can't like every once in a while I'll turn on some sport and I'll be like, oh, this is interesting. I had no idea that there was indoor lacrosse and that it was actually entertaining. But do I want to watch it every week? Probably not because I got enough sports. I, I don't need to watch a lot of sports all the time. So that's the way I look at it. Yeah. So. All right. Is there anything else that we wanted to talk about? I mean, as you can tell, I'm super prepared. Like, look at my notes. Look at all the notes I don't have. I'm just trying to think of, oh, Evander Kane <laughs> gets signed by the Oilers. He did. Um, Peter Chiarelli is apparently being on the interview list for Chicago's GM. <laughs> they made such a big deal. They're like, oh, well, we're using these former players to determine who's going to be the next GM. And it's like, Chiarelli, really? I mean, which is funny because, like, they're also, like, interviewing one of, like, the hottest commodities for forward-thinking potential GM candidates, Eric Tulski. Like, how do you how do you, you justify in your head interviewing in the same competition both Tulski and, and Chiarelli? Because they're just, like, profoundly 
diametrically opposed philosophically approach, philosophical approaches. Yeah, you need to get somebody in there who's not going to um, allow anything else really bad to happen. Like, I'm not saying allow things to leak out. I'm t- talking about like, you, you're going to need to have somebody who's going to, well, ideally, that's the president of hockey operations, isn't it? So it's not even the GM. Damn it, they're screwed. Oh, well, no, it's fine, I guess. But I, I feel bad for any players going through there. Because, yes, Rocky Wirtz this this week was just fucking. He went full billionaire, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, he, he showed his true self. Uh, and it basically was like, yeah, we um we escaped that that whole investigation and we had to pay basically a pittance of what we would have had to have paid. And um, we still get to have our hockey team and we're doing nothing. We've done absolutely nothing. And we're going to continue to do nothing about this. So, um, you know, he didn't say it in those words, but he didn't have to because his outburst at Lazarus and Lazarus and get don't get me wrong. I can't stand Lazarus myself. But he asked a question of basically saying, well, what are you doing to ensure that that won't happen again? It's at a town meeting, a town hall, basically, for a Chicago Blackhawks town hall. It is a very relevant question. Well, that's a bit in him. In the presence of such a soft audience, season ticket holders and and, 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 and local media, and he just like, it was not a hard question. Nope. And if you don't want to get. It wasn't this- even about Kyle Beach, is the thing, right? The guy's name was in it, but the question was how do you prevent this from happening again going forward? Just like, what in the actual fuck? Even if and you like didn't... apparently, like his son's right, who's the CEO of the team, was there right there. It's like panicking, trying to cough, cut cut him off too. And <laughs> if you didn't have a true answer to it, you could have just come up with something on the spot that said, "You know what? We're still working on that. We uh, we are working on uh, plans how we can avoid doing that in the future and training our." Our employees. I was going to say, it's like, we're still working on proper protocols to handle something like this. However, rest assured, we will have a zero tolerance policy moving forward. Exactly. People would have been disappointed in the answer, but it would have been absolutely adequate. (laughs) Yeah, it would have been, yeah, it's the bare minimum. (laughs) You know, Uh, and he didn't do that. He did the basically like, I don't want to talk about Kyle Beach and I don't want to talk about the past. We're moving forward and blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, and then five hours later, they issue a a press statement saying like, oh, well, he was out of line and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, and then, of course, news came out the other day that uh, Gary Bettman said they're going to do nothing about words and the way he handled it. And it's like, of course, they're not going to do anything about it. I didn't expect them to do anything about it because... I mean, you know, the commissioner's not here to to punish owners for those kind of things. Well, that's just it. Like, you're not going to get a a Clippers situation in the NHL because the ownership is 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 too powerful in general, right? Now, the right thing to do would have been to at least quietly encourage the Blackhawks to have we have to have Rocky take a silent role. And let Danny drive the bus, you know, sort of like what's happened organically in Boston, where you never hear from Jeremy Jacobs anymore, <laughs> even though he's still the chairman of the bog. <laughs> but I think Charlie's really invested in the team. I think he really likes having the team. 
And I think that's the difference between he and his father. He's uh, more of a natural fit. His father looked at the team as an opportunity to buy the, the garden and to make money. And Charlie actually seems to dig owning the team. That's the way I look at it. So, and I'm sure that's the same way it is in the, with the Blackhawks, but man, oh man, it's like if the Blackhawks can screw up some kind of PR thing, they will. They will. The only th- Oh yeah, they, they, they can't go 10 minutes without sitting on their own dick. <laughs> it's pretty amazing to see. It really is. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, the Bruins themselves are not very exciting right now. Sorry, guys. I mean, it's okay. I, I want them to win games. I want them to be exciting in that way. They don't have to be full of drama. It's fine. I don't need drama. But, you know, I want them to win games. I want them to be exciting. I want them to have another 2D who can get in on the scoring a little bit more. I want that top line to regain something that it's missing. I mean, like, even being on the top line, Smith hasn't really been lighting it up. I'm a big Craig Smith fan, and he's just been, eh. But at the same time, there's better places to use your resources right now. (laughs) The Bruins will be in the playoffs. We know that because everybody else below them is terrible. Yeah. So remember, um, wild card one, that's what we're shooting for. Wild card one. And yeah, like when we last recorded, we were within spitting distance of Toronto. Toronto's had a good run. Boston has not. That gap is reopened. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. Yeah, like honestly, like and I keep everyone saying, like you won't see anything until the deadlines. Like why the fuck not? We know what the pro- what the team needs right now, and the team actually has at least some cap space. Do it now. Give the guy time to you know settle in and mesh. Sweeney's always been really conservative about this, though. Every team is, and I don't get why. Yeah, because the doesn't the price go up at the deadline? It doesn't collapse until late on deadline day, usually. Yeah, and then you're just, like, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, the, the deadline is really late this year, and hopefully they will figure something out sooner rather than later. It's the Olympic break, which the NHL is not going to, but... We still have Bruins, old Bruins pals that are in the Olympics. <laughs> Lots of them, in fact. Uh, David Warzowski and... Krejci. And Krejci. Oh, yeah. He's with the, the Czech team. Um, I was just thinking about the U.S. team. Stephen Kampfer. Who else? Oh, Sobotka. Sobotka's playing for the, for, for the Czech team. Salarek's playing for Slovakia. Um, uh, Junus, uh, Junus Kempnainen's playing for Sweden, for, for, for Finland. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kenny Augustine, Ken Agostino's playing for the U.S. Casper Dogavins is playing for, uh, for, for Latvia. Dogavins! Landon Ferraro for Canada. I, wow, I know. That is... Martin's, Martin, Martin's Carson's for, for Latvia. Like, it's, it's just a lot. Aaron Ness, who's like a sort of a Bruin, he's he's a P Bruin this year, like under on an AHL only contract, is playing for US. Nordstrom's playing for Sweden. I knew someone for Sweden, I couldn't remember who, yeah. Oh wow, that is amazing. And you know, apparently Jeremy Smith is Chinese now. Ah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they they all play for Kunlin uh, Red Stars, so they were nationalized so they could play on the, the Chinese team. I think that's hilarious. But uh those pads 
those goalie pads for China. Oh, yeah. I only saw, was that where we were, were both teams playing with those? Cause those were the, the Chinese women's when I saw or they the same, are they, are they using the same. They're both. Oh my God. Those are killer with all those. Dragons. They're spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is the way to go. You can go simple, but uh, simple with the rest of your design, but those, Oh my God, those, those pads with the, the, the dragons. Fantastic. It's a nice recovery because, again, all these these um, uh, Nike jerseys for the Olympics are so bad. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, they're so awful at this. What the fuck, IOC? I was <laughs> watching the women's game the other day, and I had a hard time trying to parse out the numbers. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, I was watching the, the U.S. women's against Finland, and I was like, wow, Finland is wearing, like, this really dark blue or something, or maybe it was black. I couldn't tell. And I'm like, S- but that's not their color. What What's going on? I'm really keyed into the women's tournament. I have not seen a lot of the pro uh, hockey playing women, whatever the PHWPA. Is that it? I haven't seen them play a lot because um, they have really bad PR. Not, like they're people who do their PR, are just not good. Mm. So it's like hard to really tell when they're playing, where they're playing and how you can see it. But I'm excited to see them in the Olympics. I'm just very sad that Brianna Decker is already done because it looks like she had a leg injury. So she was in a boot at the end of the game, watching the game. Uh, oh, and that game. Yeah, that's no, apparently they've, they've announced unambiguously she's done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah uh... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just saying she was in a boot. So it, it doesn't look like it was a knee injury unless she dislocated her knee or something. I don't know. But she was wearing a, a walking boot and on crutches. So, uh, yeah, so that sucks. Hate that. Hate that that happened. Um, surprise, Alex Carpenter, uh, local uh, from uh, Reading or North Reading, uh, she had two goals in that first game. So that, and they were down, dirty. She's good net front. So uh, that was really great. And um, what did I want to say? Oh, that game was bonkers because – Apparently, with like 2.20 left to play in the third, Finland scored a goal, but the refs didn't call it on the ice. And then they looked at it after the game was over, said, "What? no, 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 no. They scored a goal. Put 2.20 back on the clock and let's play the rest of the game. So they played 62.20. Which is funny because like I'm not entirely clear why the women's tournament even, even happened. The round robin even happens. Just like... You know what? Give Canada U.S. the bye to the uh, to, to, to the gold medal game and let everyone else duke it out for bronze because we know where this is going. And those first game and, and both Canada and the U.S. chased their first opponent out, out of the house. <laughs> well, I I think it's good to have warm up games, warm up games, right? So I, I I'm obviously I'm excited to see the U.S. women, you know, defend their gold. Hopefully they get a gold again. I, I'm on team USA. What about you, Mr. Jeff? Which side will I mean, you like, be rooting uh, for? I'm rather publicly not a not a big international hockey fan and an international play guy, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, all else being equal, yeah, I always root for Team USA because they're the. <laughs> this is one of those rare cases where the U.S. is invariably an underdog. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I didn't know where your allegiances lay. Uh, uh, lie, lay, where they are. Because honestly, like part of it's I can't even name a single Canadian I'm a person on the Canadian women's team besides Marie Philippe Poulin. So, <laughs> well, you got Brianna Decker and Hillary Knight and Amanda Carpenter, Amanda Kessler. and uh, Kendall Quine Schofield, and 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot, like, the biggest one. And then what's her name? Maddie Rooney is the goalie. So she's the one who stopped that puck uh, in the uh, for the gold medal game. Uh, and she stopped it, and then she made sure that she that that puck didn't cross the line accidentally. So it was like a double save there. It's really great. So um, yeah. So I don't know everyone. Oh 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 oh, Abby Rock. She is indigenous. Um, she is uh, she's a First Nations G player. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I remember Abby Rock came onto the, the the playing scene like a couple of years ago. And uh, all of her teammates on the, the pro women's team were just like, wow, she's a rock star. So I'm, I'm really excited. Rock. Huh? It, it really excited to see her play. So that's that's pretty cool. So there, a lot of the women, even though they won the gold last time, will still be underdogs. So, yes, I, I am very excited. I want to see them win gold again. You know, Hillary Knight's playing in her fourth Olympiad. That's crazy. OK, it's probably going to be her last one. But, you know, so watch some women's hockey, everybody. I wish I had the schedule for you, but, uh, you know. They, uh... Watch the women's hockey. It's best on best. It's not like the men's, which is just not worth your energy. <laughs> Look, you know, one of the things I learned from reading that book about, like, loving sports when they don't love you back is that there are ways that we can kind of mitigate our feelings about the badness of certain sports, right? So the, the frustrations I have with the NHL uh, have made me channel my attention towards women's hockey, okay? Because I feel like if I want women's hockey to succeed and I want it to, um, to be, uh, you know, taken seriously, I need to watch it and I need to support it. You know, so we are season ticket holders of the pride. You know, I'm going to watch the women's hockey as much as I can during the Olympics. I'll get a schedule and I'll, I'll figure this out. Um, I've just been a little scattered lately. So it's winter. This is what happens. But anyway, um, yeah. So so if you're having problems with the sport, you find a way to deal with it. Like if you were an Oilers fan, say every goal that Evander Kane scores, you donate $5 to a domestic abuse charity. You know, the, a charity that fights against domestic abuse. That's that was one of the suggestions in the book. One woman was like, "Yeah, the, this guy was on on the Mets, and I hated him. I love the Mets, I mean, though." So everyone there's several wanted, angle, directions you could go with that in the can one too, because you know could also uh, um oh say donate money to to you know uh, gambling to, to a gambling addiction support for example exactly. another option. Exactly, <laughs> you can find a charity and just and donate it. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be in his name. It could be in his name. <laughs> it could be in your name and just something that you feel is like something that that will make you feel better about watching the product. You know what I mean? So it's like uh, so it was a really interesting book. It's not for everyone. And uh, and not everybody has the problems with sports that I do. But I'm just going to tell you, you should listen to the problem with the uh, with the, the podcast, the problem with John Stewart, because he um he talks to Keyshawn Johnson about the problems about uh, with the NHL, uh, not NHL, sorry, with the NFL and racism and how it goes all the way to the top. He speaks with um, Mark Cuban about racism in uh, the NBA and paying fair wages to, to workers. Uh, who else? Do you, Steve Kerr of the, of the um, Golden State Warriors. He talks about, you know, being politically 
active and vocal um, and also racism. <laughs> you know, so it's like it, it, there are people who um, are just like us who think about these things. Um, I I don't like supporting things that I, I don't 100 percent have uh, trust in. You know what I mean? So uh, I've become a lot more aware recently. And you know what? These leagues should be aware of the people who are waking up and uh, not wanting to put up with that shit anymore. We'll work on this. But anyway, that's pretty much it. That's that's pretty much what I got. Um, um, interestingly, while we were on here, apparently the KHL announced that, it's Can- that, it, that they're not coming back to regular season after the Olympics. They're going straight to playoffs. Oh, my God. Yeah, the chatter can't agree on whether it's a COVID thing or if it's a, you know, impending inv- impending war in Eastern Europe thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a, I I have a lot of thoughts on Ukraine. I don't know if I'll share them. Yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty. I get it. I get it. So, anyway, okay, that's that's something. It's very exciting for KHL fans. I mean, it makes more interesting is um pro is is what happens with prospects or free agents that are currently in the KHL if their season's going to be even playoff seasons over before the deadline. Oh, interesting. Mostly prospects, they're you know because they don't have to go through waivers to play and they need to come over. But yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. If only the Czech League would go into playoffs right now, but no, that's that's a pipe dream. I'm not going to entertain so. Um, if it happens, great. But like, no, talking about it, hoping for it, both those are fools' errands. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't even want to entertain it because I don't. I'm trying not to engage in disappointment. Uh, yeah. All right. So um, that's exciting for KHL fans. You can watch the KHL, at least some KHL, on ESPN Plus. I found that out recently. Uh, and by the way, you can watch um, the PHF on ESPN as well. ESPN Plus, I should say. Okay. So, and the Olympics are on NBC. All sorts of MC, MB, uh, NBC platforms. So, all right. Anything else? Nah, I got nothing. All right. Well, we're waiting for the Bruins to come back to play uh, on Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time at home against the Pens. Ooh. No. Oh. We've only seen them once this year, right? Something like that. I think so. I can't remember what happened, so I'm going to look while you talk. Um, anyway, then they follow that up on uh, Thursday. That's the 10th, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time against Carolina. So that's a rough mid- couple of midweek games there. Oh, but they closed it off a, a weird 12.30 Eastern time, p- p.m. Eastern time start on uh, on Saturday the 12th against Ottawa. Okay. And then they... Then they continue up this two weeks of playing the exact same days each week. They play 7 p.m. Eastern time at Madison Square Garden against the Rags on the 15th. And at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time at, at at the Islanders on the 17th. And then again against, against Ottawa on Saturday the 19th, this time 7 p.m. Eastern time. Mm. Um, and I'll quickly slip in. They have a Monday matinee on President's Day on the 21st against Colorado. Fun. Yeah, that's at home because obviously they already played their their game at Colorado for the season. Right. Well, this is going to be um, this is going to be a tough little slate, huh? I mean, not the Ottawa games, probably. Like that's not an overly intense stretch, but yeah, those Ottawa games. Nah. And the Islanders have been better lately, but they're still not good. But they are a team that gives causes this team fits. Yeah. And well, 
the rag, and who knows what the rags actually are right now. Well, they were leading the Metro for a while. Well, that's because just Jerkin's been insane. But other than that, meh. <laughs> well, if I were to predict, which I love doing, I predict they win against the Penguins. They lose against Carolina. They win against Ottawa. They play a tough game against the Rangers, but they ultimately lose. I think they will lose against the Islanders. I think they'll win against Ottawa. And that Colorado game... I think they might escape with a point, maybe. But I would not be surprised if they just lost outright. I think this is, it's not like, it's not like uh, a really stressful amount of games, I guess, in that time period. But I, I think was gonna it's going to say, it's, it's only seven, game, it, it, it's seven games in counting the clock from tomorrow in 15 days. That's pretty reasonable. There's no back-to-backs. Yeah, I just think that, you know, you've got a couple of really tough to, uh, opponents there, you know, and I, I I really want to be wrong about the Isles. I want them to win against the Isles, but I, I know I've seen I've seen the Barry Trotz version of the Isles against uh, the Bruce Cassidy version of the uh, the Bruins. It's it's not pretty. Even when they should win, they don't. <laughs> yeah, so it's hard to say because the Isles haven't been good this year. They've been better of late, but not spectacular. But they're one game against one another. It's only one game so far, right? Yep. Went very poorly for Boston, but that was also in like the depths of COVID. COVIDity. <laughs> COVIDity. <laughs> yeah. All right. So like that game genuinely could go either way, but I'm not bullish on it because Barry Trotz Isles. <laughs> I know. I know. Not not fun. Not fun. All right. Well, I guess do your thing. Uh, so, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic. Uh, you can find us um, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Um, you can, uh, of course, uh, talk to us on Facebook. We're at Barely on Topic Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Barely on Topic. Lastly, there are, of course, our individual Twitter accounts. I am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at pupsitterinnewport.com. Also known as VA from RI. All right. Word. Mm-hmm. <laughs>